0: Today, instead of our usual sharing of joys and concerns in keeping with our observance of World Communion Sunday, a bidding prayer, which I will offer prompts and invite you to respond in prayer, either aloud or in the quiet of your own heart. We know that people will talk at the same time, one over another perhaps, and that's fine. We trust that the Spirit will hear us. And in keeping with this World Communion Sunday, we will be praying for the world, the world near and the world far. We'll pray for places that are dear to our hearts, either out of familiarity or out of love or concern for them. We'll pray for people and peoples of other places, as well as our own home, both prayers of thanksgiving and gratitude and also prayers of intercession, prayers of invocation. And now let us open our hearts to the greater presence that is within us that is flowing among us and comes from beyond as well. Let us pray. We pray, O God, for your world. This world we share in trust with one another and with you. We offer now the names of places near and dear to our hearts, places that perhaps bring fond memories and others that beg your presence and attention. Hear us now, O God. We remember in prayer places that have brought us good memories, bouts of healing, Moments of peace, times of laughter, places that have played host to important connections or simply have inspired us by their beauty. Hear us, O oh God. We pray for places that are torn apart by violence, war, disaster, injustice, discrimination. And we ask that your presence be there in tangible ways, and we ask that we would show up in godly ways in these places. Hear us, O God. We pray for people that we love, near and far those who have meant something to us, those who have brought something forth in us that is meaningful, special, or loving, we give thanks, oh God. We pray for people, individuals, and groups that are not free, that are not allowed to be whole, that are not safe, that are not appreciated, that are not remembered, that are not amply loved. Hear us, O God. On a day that we are reminded to remember you, We remember these things to you in prayer by sharing together in the prayer that your son Jesus the Christ taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, Amen. I invite the children forward for a time of discovery. All right, nice to see you all. Welcome, welcome. Hey Hase. <laughs> yeah, you can bring your mom. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, it's great to see you all. If if you were here two weeks ago, you might remember that a number of us were getting ready to go on a trip. We went to Kentucky, which is in the middle of the country, basically, to help some people rebuild their homes. Their homes had been hurt in a tornado, and we went to help try to rebuild them. Um, That's a good question. Somebody asked here if we're going to go to Florida and help out, maybe. I know that... um, You've got family in Florida? Does anybody else have family in Florida? Raise your hand. We do. My um, stepmother-in-law lost her home, lost her car, lost everything. Lots of people lost things. Well, one of the things I said about us going there was we were going to help and to see where other people were already helping, where God was already working. And I want to tell you about one thing we saw there, because I think it will teach us something. Every week, a different church group or different church groups come to this place to go help. And uh, they come and go. All, they've been doing this since, I don't know, maybe January of last year. The, des, the tornado was in last December. But there's one man named Billy, who's a retired man, uh, well into his 70s. And he lives there, and he comes every day. And he's come every day but two days since they started working all those months ago. And he's really smart, and he knows how to fix things, and he knows how to get things and get things done. So he would just meet us on the work site every day, and one day somebody asked him, Billy, why do you come here every day? He's neglecting his own home and property, which needs a lot of work. Um, So why do you come here when you've got all these other things to do? And his answer was really simple. He said, I just can't stop thinking about what it would be to wake up and have everything gone. And I can't stop thinking about what it would be like to be one of those people who lost their homes and don't have any money and can't fix them on their own. And that's why I come. And that's why I'll keep coming till we're finished. Sometimes we see God already working through other people. And one of the things that we can all practice as we grow up, and we're all growing up, I'm still growing up, is learn to think about what it must be like for other people. What their lives must be like, especially when things are hard. And when we can imagine what it's like to be their people, maybe a child who's lonely at school or doesn't have any friends or has trouble with something, then we can be more likely to help them or help them feel better, or if nothing else, just make sure they don't feel alone. Because there's very little worse in the world than feeling alone. And there's very little better in the world than feeling like somebody else is on your team. So I hope as we all try to grow up and grow up in God that we can work toward that. Can I say a prayer for you? Dear God, thank you for not leaving us alone. Thank you for sending angels into the world who can be helpers. Give us the courage to join them and to be a good helper for someone who needs it, Amen. All right, special instructions. Are you going to do that? Great. So Sally in the blue is there sacred, with Kate for sacred. Thank you for sacred stories. And is Jim doing third and fourth grade? Jim is waving third and fourth. Go now in peace. Go now in peace. May the love of God surround you. Everywhere,
1: everywhere, you may
2: go. Our scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel according to Mark. Listen for how the Spirit is speaking to you today. While they were eating... Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, and he gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and all of them drank from it. He said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, Truly, I tell you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. God. So in
3: 1940, there was a young theology student in France named Roger who was becoming increasingly troubled by the war that was raging in Europe. He was especially concerned as um, Germany started to take over some of the France territory, including the area where many of his mother's relatives lived. So Roger prayed about this and thought about this, and he decided that what he would really like to do is find a house somewhere. And this house, in his words, could assist some of those most discouraged, those deprived of a livelihood, and it could become a place of silence and of work in the midst of the war. So Roger starts traveling around France, looking for this place, and he comes upon a rather remote, pretty secluded village named Teze, and there he finds this house that he has been praying about. So he acquires the house, and through word of mouth, he does start to receive war refugees at that house. He's young, he's just starting out. He doesn't have many resources, but he's able to scrape together what he needs to to feed these refugees, to care for them in the ways that they need care. And soon other theology students start hearing about what Roger's doing, and they make their way to Teze to help out, and they continue to care for those who need care. And the war ends, but they continue to be present in Teze, receiving people who need food or whatever it is that they might need. So 1949, several of the men have been there for a while, and they established one of the first Protestant monastic orders in the Christian tradition, Um, and they continue to serve and to work and to worship together three times every day. So word continues to spread, more um, men come to join the brothers, more people come in need of help and service, and then people start coming just to see what's happening. They'll stay for maybe about a week just to be a part of this Teze community. So we get to the mid-60s, and it becomes not just a Protestant thing, but many Roman Catholics joining in as well. And the brothers start to notice that many of the people coming for the week-long visits are young adults. So they start to plan various events and programs specifically for young adults. There's a month in um, 1970 where 42 different countries are represented by visitors to Tézé, And then just a few years later, they welcome throughout the course of a year 60,000 people to this tiny little village. So continuing on, 1989, the Berlin Wall falls. Teze community feels that pretty instantaneously. Their numbers swell to about 100,000 people visiting them every year. And now included amongst the Protestants and the Roman Catholics are also those of the Eastern Orthodox faith. The movement continues to grow. Um, 2005, Brother Roger, who has been their head for all these years, dies at the age of 90, but another brother takes up the head prior position, and the community continues on, continues to this day. Now, why would I tell you all of this? Who cares about a little tiny village in France? Well. Today is World Communion Sunday. we, We heard one of the communion stories from the Gospel of Mark. So this is the Sunday, first Sunday in October every year, that we remember Christians around the world coming to this table to celebrate the Lord's Supper. So I was trying to think about how I could illustrate or describe this hope and this vision of Christian unity around the world, and I automatically thought of this Teze community. You know, this community that for 80 years now has been living out the Christian values that we you know, hear about every single week. You know, those values of peace, of trust, of acceptance, of reconciliation. You know, this is a community where people from all kinds of Christian traditions, from all kinds of countries, from all kinds of political and social beliefs, come together for a week at a time to live in community together. They work together. Every visitor to Teze gets a job to help the community function. You might be cooking for lunch. You might be cleaning the toilets. I don't know how they decide who gets to do what, but... Everyone contributes to the community. They continue to pray and worship together three times every day. And then, of course, they serve. You know, the bedrock of their community is service not only to their local community, but many of the Teze brothers go out into the poorest regions of the world. Brother Roger and Mother Teresa actually became very good friends because they did a lot of work together. So this is a community that each and every day is truly living their Christian values together. Now they do this because they work hard at it, right? The brothers make sure that all the visitors to their community know what they are about, know what their values are. They also adapt and change with the changing circumstances. One example that comes to mind is in their time of worship. From the very beginning, the brothers used a very traditional monastic liturgy in French. Of course, they're in France. But as they start to get visitors from all kinds of different countries, they realize that a lot of the people worshiping with them have no idea what's going on. They try to follow as best they can, but they don't speak French. So the brothers get together and they think, how can we make worship participatory, not just a spectator thing? And they decide two things. Well, one, maybe if we sing most of our worship rather than speak it, that will encourage people to participate. And maybe if we move to a language like Latin, which is more universal, rather than a national language, that also will encourage people to participate. So the brothers have three or four prayer chants that they use, but they start to use them more and more regularly. And they do find people start joining in. People are participating in worship. Of course... Three or four chants, when you're worshiping three times a day, can get old really quickly. Yeah. So the brothers had a good friend, a musician, Jacques Berthier, and they, they, they called him in and they said, hey, we need more prayer chants. We need, we need a better repertoire for our worship. And they had very specific requests of Jacques, First, these chants that he wrote had to be easy. They had to be something that everyone could learn quickly and sing and pray together. They wanted the chants to be um, directed toward God. They wanted the chants to be grounded in scripture. And then perhaps most importantly for this community, each chant had to reflect the ecumenical nature, the diversity of the Christian tradition in the community. So Berthier gets to work, writes all kinds of chants, and by the mid-80s, their worship times had entirely shifted from a traditional spoken liturgy in French to singing, everyone together. This sacred tradition that these brothers had had for years, they let go of in order to make sure their community was as accessible and welcoming to as many people as possible. So today, you may have already noticed, we're going to be singing, praying some of these chants together. They're meant to be sung over and over and over again, not as a performance, but as a prayer. And I've actually heard that Teze chanting it happens in three stages. The first stage is that you learn the chant, right? You learn the words, you learn the melody, you figure out how it goes together. The second stage is the lull stage where you've you've pretty much learned it, and maybe your mind starts wandering a little bit. Maybe you start wondering, how many times are we going to sing this thing? (laughs) Do I need to go grocery shopping after we're done here? That's the lull stage. But then... If you continue to pray, continue to sing the chant, then you get to the lingering stage. And that is where you begin to recognize the presence of God with you. The spirit flowing in and through you as you breathe and sing together. So today I wanted to have the opportunity to introduce several chants to you. So we're, we're not really going to move much past the learn stage today in our chanting, but... If one or two of them may be particularly called to you, I invite you this week to try it, try singing it over and over again to reach that lingering stage where it is a prayer, a time to be in the presence of God. So today, as we just you know sing these chants for you a few t- through a few times, I do still invite you to breathe deeply, to notice the presence of the spirit among and within us. Perhaps to be inspired by that Teze community, that community that is all about living in peace and reconciliation together. And then, and then let's come to the Lord's table on this World Communion Sunday, this table where all are welcome and invited and accepted and may we at this table be moved to live our lives like that as well. Lives of reconciliation. Lives of welcome. Lives where all, that, all who we encounter know God's love and God's blessing. May it be so. Amen. You may be seated. So as we prepare to share in this meal together, we are reminded that all are welcome and invited to come to the table. Just a few logistical details. Uh, when the time comes, the ushers will direct you down the center aisle to the bread and the cup. In the center will be a plate of gluten-free crackers, if that's important to you. So grab a cracker or a piece of bread, dip it lightly in the cup, and that way you can partake of both of the elements together. And then you can return to your pews by the side aisle. Rob and I will be standing up here at the front. If you desire a time of additional prayer, we will be here for that. And we are going to Sing, pray as we uh, partake in communion. Uh, The chants are listed in your bulletin. You're invited to join us as is comfortable for you. So Jesus reminds us to come to the table in peace. So I invite you to stand and share the peace of Christ with one another. So Send them in. I think our elements are coming at us, maybe.
0: <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to have to share.
3: Here they come, yay! <laughs> All right.
0: Thank you, Brandon.
3: Thank you. Although, I think we have two more cups that are still coming at us.
0: Oh, good. Thank you, Cam. Oh, there they are! <laughs> Our children come in all ages. (laughs) We're told that they shall come from north and south and east and west, which is to say they will come from everywhere to sit together at table in the kingdom of God. So come, for there is a spot for you at this table.
3: Will you join with me? God be with you. Lift up your hearts. Up heart Let us give thanks to, God. to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, as Christians everywhere and in every place gather around this meal, we thank you for your love for all you have created. At this table, may our lives be awakened to you, to your love and to your kingdom whose door is always open to all. As we eat this bread and drink this cup, may we see you and one another. May it not matter our differences, our languages, our looks, or our way of doing things. May what matter today and every day be that we are one in you. By your spirit continue to make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry in the world. And now, gifted by the presence of your Holy Spirit, we offer ourselves to you as we unite our voices in song with the entire family of your faithful people everywhere.
0: on the night of his arrest Jesus took the bread and after giving thanks he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying take eat this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me
3: in the same way after supper he took the cup and he said this is the cup of the new covenant which is sealed in my blood it is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins Do this as often as you drink of it, he said, remembering me. This is the feast of God for the people of God. Come, for all things are now ready.
0: Let us pray. Holy One, we trust that we have met you at this table in ways we cannot fully comprehend. And so we trust that we leave this day with a greater sustenance. And we lean into that trust by giving ourselves away for the care and love of others, for the solidarity and presence with those who need it knowing we go every step surrounded by your loving arms. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Just a few announcements as we transition in the worship service. There's, of course, announcements in the bulletin, but I want to highlight just a couple of things for the community. First, we really hope you stick around for an important and inspiring conversation after the service with Janie Spar and Suzanne Ford. It's nice to see both of you here. Suzanne is a mother. She is a person of faith and a transgender woman. And we have the wonderful opportunity following this service in Fireside Room, just through the hallway to the left and to the next building in the community building, to hear her story to ask questions in a safe place, and to learn about the important ministry of one of our key partners, Trans Heartline. So hope you can stick around right after the receiving line, grab some refreshments, and make your way into Fireside Room. I hope you come back if you are an animal lover, perhaps bringing your pet or a picture of your pet, if your pet might inflict damage on the pastor seeking to bless (laughs) your pet for a blessing of the animals drive-through service from 1:30 to 2 in the parking lot should be a joyful occasion. And finally as the if you follow instructions it will be a joyful occasion. As the children pointed out many of us have connections and we all are connected whether we know it or not to those in Florida and other places ravaged by this most recent hurricane. Uh, One place that's always good to go if you're looking for a place to help is the Presbyterian Disaster Assistance. If you just Google that, you can see on their website all the places around the world where they are helping. I'm sure they will be set up quite soon in Florida. And One of the good things about them is we know that they're trusted mission partners and they will be trustworthy with resources. They will also stay long after the immediate disaster, folks leave. I believe after Katrina, they were in Gulfport, Mississippi for a decade or so, rebuilding um, for a long, long time. So you can trust that. So if if you're hurting, and you're looking for a place to turn your grief into some help, that's always a good place to go. And with that, I know Bethany has some instructions. Oh, no, uh, stewardship. Then we'll have some instructions about our closing chant. I want to welcome, uh, I was glad to hear from her at the first service, and I'm thrilled to introduce to you Suzanne Mellon, who will offer a moment for stewardship during this important season for the church. Suzanne.
2: Thank you, Rob. It's a real pleasure to be here and tell you all about how much Westminster has impacted my life um, as we start the stewardship campaign um let's think So, over 20 years ago in 2001 I was looking for a place to um expose my my children to a faith-based community and my children were four and seven at that time and I saw I guess an announcement for the the Christmas candlelight service here and I brought them to it and I was just in awe of this wonderful place I had grown up in the Catholic faith and basically abandoned it many decades earlier, and it was just a wonderful thing. And I asked, well, how can I get involved? And they said, just keep coming back. So I did, and we all started going to church, and my children went to Sunday school where they made friends and learned a lot, and um, uh, learning that this church really runs on volunteerism. That's really what makes it Tick in addition to all the great leadership we have. I um, taught Sunday school for six years, which was a surprise to me that I would do that. And I got to learn the Bible through a whole new lens and get to know the children of of the congregation, which was really quite a joy at the time. And um, and then just a couple of years later, I was going through a divorce, and I was like, "Well, gosh, I, you know, who, who should I talk to for guidance as I go through this transition?" And I talked to my accountant, my uh, my lawyer, my therapist, and I was like, "Oh, the pastor of the church." <laughs> so that's what they were there for. So I went and came in and talked to Doug Hanicky, who was the pastor at the time, and he was incredibly uh, supportive and gave me some really good advice, and that was just a wonderful thing. And I thought, "Wow, you know, you can get so much from this church." Um, and that, that was very helpful. And then as my children evolved, they were in the youth program and as teenagers. And they each went, I think, on three mission trips apiece, everything from building homes in rural Tennessee to serving in the Tenderloin in downtown LA. Um, and I really believe that those experiences helped make them the aware and empathetic adults that they are today. It's really touched their lives. And they were so lucky, because Bethany was the youth pastor at that time. And it was a great guiding force. Thank you, Bethany. And um, And then as they launched, I kind of pulled back from the church for for a number of years and and wasn't so involved. But then as I started to face the next transition of my life, which was um, moving out of my career of many, many decades, I again turned to the church and and asked to speak to Rob, who was kind to speak to me, um, about my transition. He said, you know, a a handful of people are going through the same thing, so maybe I should put together a group where you could all gather and support each other, which is just what he did. And it was really quite meaningful because it was not just like a group, chat session it was we took one whole session for each individual to really drill down into um, they got to explore what we ought to explore what our history was what our passions were and where we are now and where we might go going forward with the group and it was really quite meaningful so thank you for that Rob. Um, so then, I'm not quite out of work entirely yet, but this year um, I was asked by Bethany if I would volunteer to be an elder. So that's like a whole other. I know many of you in, the, in here have served as elders and that's a whole new learning experience, which is really quite wonderful. to understand what makes this, this wonderful church tick and find out all the things that this church is involved with. It's quite mind boggling when you think about it. You don't really get a sense of it just coming here each Sunday, but there's so much going on. Um, it's really quite inspiring. And I'm very excited because I'm going to be on the, I am in the outreach committee and learning from um, all the volunteers there who are just veterans of, of participating in the community and um, mission work and social justice. So I'm very excited and learning a whole new range of, of, of things that a way that we can touch the world, um, both internally and externally. So it's really been an incredible journey. And um, can I say, if Westminster wasn't here, I don't really know how I would fill the void because it's touched so much, so really every corner of my life and that of my family. So I'm very, very grateful, and I hope you'll be generous in your giving, uh, both of your money and of your time. So thank you. Thank you.
3: <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Suzanne. So as we prepare for our closing song, remember what we did at the opening song? We're going to do that again, but let's just sing it through unison one time, and then we'll start our canon again. So I invite you to, standing or sitting, join us in number 155. And as you go from this place, know that the love of God, our creator, Jesus Christ, our redeemer, the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, goes with us now and always. Amen. (laughs)
1: Yeah.